Biff Bam Pop presents Figure Friday, and now your host E. A. Henson. And it's Figure Friday, 2023 year in review. I am joined once again by Josh Wallen. Josh, how you doing? Excellent, Eric. Yourself? Doing fantastic. Just doing fantastic. so good, so good, so good, so good, so good. So we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, the, the year what was 2023 for Figure Friday. But I figure since we are doing uh, a full show on this, I would give you a little bit of space to pop off about uh, year of pop culture. Like, how was your 2023 uh, pop culture was? It was pretty good. There was, yeah. uh, it, it's weird because uh, maybe it's just me getting older, but things don't seem to stay with me for a long period of time anymore. Like, it, it doesn't stick with me and going back and trying to figure out what i watched all year is somewhat challenging so we did this last year i didn't take any notes and as soon as we finished recording i thought about five things that uh just escaped me same same with me so i i was trying to i i actually started the year by trying to keep a list of everything (laughs) and that went until like february so that was great (laughs) um but you know, there's certain things where you go back and you, you stop and you consider it. Ted Lasso wrapped up this year, and mm-hmm. I thought that tied up nicely. Um, the Bear uh, came back with season two. I'm not sure if you're a fan of that show, but... It's a wilderness uh, that, show, yeah? Yes, yes. A wilderness show in terms of uh, it being set in Chicago and uh, the restaurant scene. Uh, so it's very, very, very good show. It's on FX. Um, it's very very um gritty real and it will either make you love or hate the restaurant industry probably but just seeing the character growth on that it's more a character study than anything and the acting on it is second to none but they had probably one of the best season like the one of the best episodes of television i've ever seen uh season season 2 episode 7 forks with uh Eben Moss Bacharach, I believe is how you say his name. Fantastic. It was just if if you're looking for a great 30 minutes of television culminating in him singing Taylor Swift's love story, it's everything you could ever ask for. And nothing you ever would have wanted, but it will fill every ounce of your soul with happiness. Okay. Go out of your way to see that. Uh also on that show, Jamie Lee Curtis shows up as the mother on that that show and plays one of the most narcissistic, evil people. But something about her, you everybody has that person in their family, and it, it gets a little uncomfortable, and she plays it just perfectly. So Jamie Lee Curtis, again this year with another great performance, uh, coming on the heels last year with Everything Everywhere All at Once. So... The resurgence of Jamie Lee Curtis is is a nice thing to see. Um, those were my two big ones. And then uh, recently, I got caught up in Blue Eye Samurai on mm. Netflix. Okay, I've heard of it. Oh, fantastic. You have got to watch Blue Eyed Samurai. That has to be my now, favorite thing from this year. What is it? Is it an anime or something else? So... I feel, based on the name of the creators alone, and I haven't done any more <laughs> uh, research on this whatsoever, but it's uh, an 
American American name and uh, a Japanese name uh, are the co-creators, and they're the ones who have written the entire story. And it's basically set in feudal Japan, mm-hmm. and it's the end of the shoguns, and they're talking about uh, there were four white people that came to Japan, and these four white people were like devils, and they obviously raped and pillaged and they're the ones who ended up bringing the guns to Japan. And this is the story of how the guns first came to Japan and those first few battles where they come in and the, the guns go up against the samurais and just lay waste to entire towns in a matter of hours. So it's just, it's very good set around the story of one of the white person's bastard children hmm. um, who is a lady uh, and she grows up as this horrible looked at creature. She's less than because she has white skin in Japan. Uh, she has blue eyes, so it's difficult to hide that. The person that she knows is her mother ends up uh, telling her that she always has to be a boy. She can't ever show that she's a woman because if she showed that she's a woman, then they'll probably kill her. Um, or they'll know that uh, the people that the white people are looking for all the bastard children to do what they want with them. So it's the entire story of this girl raised by a swordsman who goes on a story of revenge and everywhere it leads to along that same path. It's, it's beautiful. It's very adult. There's a lot of, uh, Uh, A lot of sexuality to it. A lot of it's set in brothels. So take from that what you can assume. So if you're in the market for an unbelievable tale that just so happens to have lots of very scantily clad, drawn ladies, you will enjoy Blue Eye Samurai heavily. Do they say the title? Do they say you're the Blue Eye Samurai? Yeah. Is that a spoiler? Uh, I don't believe. No, I don't believe that they do. It's, All right. not ref- it, it's not one of those Family Guy moments where ah, they said the name of the title. I don't know if I'll see it then. <laughs> ah, fair. Um, let's see. What else you got? Anything else? Uh, or are those the high points for you? Those those were my big standouts that I felt deserved to to have some light shown upon them. One thing I neglected to uh, to mention in the last podcast with Andy was uh, the return of Clone High to uh, ah. HBO Max slash Max slash whatever. There's still another season of it coming, which I'm overjoyed about, but that was really uh, you know, something I'd been waiting like 20 years for. Yeah. And it, it's insane that it came back. And like, I didn't do any kind of, uh, you know, ranked list for, but that, that, that may have been like my, my top of the year, like in terms of the amount of enjoyment it brought for me. But we are not here to it talk a- about... It was a, pro- a property that came back after 20 years of absence and, and warmed your heart where something like the Dial of Destiny, not so much. <laughs> Dial of Destiny, it didn't need to exist, but it happened anyways. And, you know, it's always good to see Harrison Ford. So that's the best I can say about it. I, I was with it until they got to sloppy time travel. And then I was just like mad at it for all the wrong reasons. It was a good <laughs> Indiana Jones movie until they, they went to time travel on me. So, yeah. Like time travel, travel is an exact science. So. I, I mean, I you can't 
and it comes from you know the the land of Lucas. So Robert Zemeckis is very closely tied to the whole Steven Spielberg like Kathy Kennedy family. So I feel like you gotta stick to the rules, and I mean you can't just leave bomber planes land in ancient Rome. That's nah, crazy. Everything worked out. <laughs> sure. So, all right, we're not here to talk about any more of that. We're going to get into action figures. Um, yeah. What do you got to say about the state of the industry in 2023? Oh, man, the state of the industry in 2023. Uh, well, I mean, are, are you a big fan of where we're at with the industry right now? All these layoffs and whatnot? Absolutely not. But that's, you know, endemic of a, a larger societal issue. But, you know, well, yeah. But no. Very true. It's the same so in the video I game industry right now. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, very, very, uh, the, the, it's time to eat the rich, is it not? So, I mean, if we could just get to that point, I, I think everybody would start to realize where uh, the people that usually lose their jobs are not the ones who are making the decisions that should probably be reflective in the people that should be losing their jobs. Yeah, it's, you got you people know, that aren't making a living wage that are getting laid off, and meanwhile, it's record uh, record profits for or bonuses for the uh, the executives. Yeah, so I, I I don't I never want to see anybody lose their job, but I will simply say this about let, let's just look at Hasbro specifically. So for years now, they've been marketing to collectors, setting price points that only collectors would be willing to pay. They ran pretty lean. Uh, you wouldn't see full cases of each figure in a wave. That's what created the hype for short pack figures in the first place. The only time they would pack the pegs at stores would be for summer blockbusters. Outside of that, you might have gotten a case of new figures once every few months, would mm -hmm, you say? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Accurate. So then the pandemic hits and people get government checks and they're sitting at home watching the world go to shit on TV every night. People want to feel better. So they go to nostalgia and they buy toys. The market soars. Supply can't meet the demand. And toy companies are seeing money go out the window because people are turning to the secondary markets. Everybody had that friend who out of nowhere suddenly started collecting toys and it was cool and collecting toys was acceptable suddenly. Mm -hmm. Toy companies increase supply to meet the demand. They start cutting corners quality drops they go through this whole plastic free packaging in an effort to do something positive for the environment maybe save a buck or two but in doing that they forgot that their entire business pre-pandemic was catered to collectors and now this new demand for their product wasn't just from their original demographic it was from a temporary influx of government money by people looking to feel happy once the money ran out and the panda pandemic ended those new customers bolted. So another wrinkle for Hasbro is their licensing deals. They paid the licensing fees for Star Wars and Marvel. And when Star Wars and Marvel start putting out Disney Plus series every other month, they need to have product available for those licensors. But not all of the series are a hit. So some of these characters you're making figures of aren't connecting with fans. Or you're releasing the product four to five months after the show was wrapped up. The next Marvel show is currently airing, and no one remembers who or why they should be buying an Agent Jimmy Woo figure. <laughs> so it's this perfect storm in which a market that was catered to collectors 
sees an influx of outsiders come into the space, creating a temporary demand. The toy company remembers they're a billion dollar corporation that exists to profit. They flip the switch to meet the false demand, but it's already too late. They're dumping all this product at retail. They're flooding the market to meet a false demand, putting out wave after wave of full case allotments of Shang-Chi and the Eternals. All those new customers that you had no longer that have government money. And at the end of the day, they never collected toys before the pandemic. So why would they continue to do so after? Toys start sitting on shelves for weeks, but they can't sit too long because we need that peg for the next Disney Plus wave. So take all these toys and put them in the discount bins. So most collectors are pretty smart and they can see this. So they stop pre-ordering the product. We wait for sales. We get pissed off because we liked our plastic packaging. And oh, by the way, you isolated an entire demographic of Minton card collectors that left the game due to the plastic free packaging. We complained about the price increases and were told by the corporations that material costs have gone up, that licensing costs have gone up. And I'm sure that might be true, but from where I sit, someone in a boardroom that didn't get the memo that toys are no longer kids got greedy. They saw a bunch of people tweeting shots of empty pegs, begging for product, and they overcorrected because after all, they're a toy company that answers to shareholders. I never want to see anyone lose their jobs over the boneheaded decisions of people in a boardroom that thought they were smarter than their customers. But unfortunately, that's where Hasbro's at with them cutting 1,100 jobs. Mm -hmm. So just as you mentioned before we started recording, Target has some crazy sales. Just to understand where pricing is at, these are all figures that I would have bought if they would have put them out at 20 bucks a pop right at the start. And I knew that I had maybe a month to buy that figure. And mm -hmm. 20 bucks was going to be the price of that figure. And if I didn't want to get that figure, I didn't have to buy it. I could wait for the next thing. But I was willing to pay 20 bucks. Okay. Buzzer, Firefly, Tunnel Rat, all from G.I. Joe Classified. Their suggested retail price is $24.99. I got them for $9.99, $12.49, and $9.49. Good Lord. How are they making money? They're not. Um... You know, and that's, and that's how their own license. Yeah, that's not even licensed property. It's it's insanity, and you know, one of the overarching themes of 2023 for collectors, I feel, especially for you and me, it's been the year of not paying full price for anything. Because if you if you wait long enough, that price will just crater. Like I, I figured it out last year at 2022, and I went I went through Target and I picked up a couple of Marvel Legends because they were priced under ten dollars pop. And it was stuff I wouldn't have bought normally, even at a regular price point. Like there is like I'm I'm absolutely over the moon. They're bringing uh, Chris Star back as part yep. of the Marvel Legends. I loved Chris Star in the early 80s. Never had the cartoon to go along with it. But I think it was uh, Remco maybe that produced the uh, the toys had a Marvel comic crossed over the yep. X-Men once. They tried to bring him back a few years ago in the X-Men books. Uh, but he's getting his own Marvel Legends figure. I'm not going to pre-order that at 25 bucks. I'm going to wait a year and get it at Big Lots or um, Ross or uh, Ollie's or any other uh, bargain basements. Because, you know, a kid coming in, you know, and I, I use the kid 
the term kid broadly, or even an adult, adult collector, it is a niche. It is such, I don't I don't know why they're doing it. I'm not mad at that, but uh, nobody's going to buy it at full price. It'll be on clearance before you know it, and that's when I'm going to swoop in and get one. Exactly, because here here's the thing that they're trying to feed upon with collectors that they're hoping are going to spend that much money for that figure mm-hmm. that that figure doesn't pay attention or they're only buying from one location it's the same thing that you see with anybody that's trying to gouge a consumer where it's they've got an antique or something and well i'm going to be able to charge what i want because i'm the only one who can provide this thing you're no longer the only one that's selling star wars toys guys you're Mm -hmm. no longer the only one that's selling marvel toys and if i can go get a fig arts for what 30 to 40% more than what I'd be paying for your figures and probably be infinitely happier with the quality of the product, the quality of the premium accessories that they usually provide. And they're not pumping out these obscure characters from new media because whatever shitty licensing deal you signed, I, I just don't understand how... Hasbro has it in their head that they need to put out a Bix Colleen figure <laughs> and every other license of Hasbro of, of Star Wars hasn't offered up a Bix Colleen figure. I mean, it just seems like it would make sense that you wait and see if there's demand for products before you rush something to market. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, bizarre. It's the Ouroboros. It's the snake eating its own tail. They're trying to justify their own existence with, uh, you know, with uh, creating product just to have, you know, a, a full line of figures that so they can constantly be churning out new product through each fiscal quarter. But and that's where their their system is broken, because you can you can do that in a world in which it's supply and demand. But it's obvious if you're churning out product, you're no longer selling collectibles. You're selling things mm-hmm. that people might happen to collect. I mean, it, it's no different than a, a Happy Meal toy at that point. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's so mass produced and you're setting prices that you're expecting a collector to pay when a collector has a very discerning eye. They're not, they're not buying cheap crap because it's cheap to them. You're trying to give them cheap crap and mark it up at a price that a collector would pay for it. And it's just when you're turning it out to the point where the only people that are are somehow maybe maybe making profit, I don't even know what they are, but like these discount outlets like Ross or Ollie's or wherever else where these are turning up. I mean, how can they sell them at their prices when the original MSRP is 70% higher? And you touched on something really good there because the they're not collectibles anymore. Like, yeah. So cast your mind back some thirty years. Uh, I had to beg, borrow, and steal to get a Power of the Force Boba Fett figure, and because it was so short packed. And even then, there was a variant. There was a sub variant. It was. Uh, did you get the one with the full circles on the back of his hand, or did you get the one with the half circles? I was at uh, my local Walmart earlier. And their pegs were absolutely clogged with the 40th anniversary Return of the Jedi uh, Black Series Boba Fett figure. And yeah. I saw one that was on clearance already because it, it was a damaged package. So it's just, uh, you know, they're just 
constantly cranking stuff out and they're not collectible anymore. It's, you know, they're really catering to the collectors that are after that kind of short-term dopamine fix, but there's no, I hate, I want, I want to broad brush and say nobody has chase figures anymore. Cause McFarlane does chase figures, but they're all mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, but there's no, there's no real collectible aspect of it anymore. Um, AEW by Jazzwares does chase and rare figures where it's 3,000, 1,000, mm-hmm. 5,000, and those are in demand. But again, they also offer those up as like, hey, you can order this directly from us. And it's, yeah. I mean, it, you're building in collectability just by having it limited edition. But nobody ever really sees the numbers of how many toys are produced to begin with. So how do we really know? Because a lot of these more rare collector's items that you hear about from from back in the day, they're still talking like there's, I mean, Kenner mass produced toys. It wasn't just Kenner. It was all around the world. Palatoy, everywhere else was making Star Wars figures. And like the super rare things are, are what's desirable. I can't understand how something can still be super rare if there's thousands of them out there in the world. So, you know, this is something I also want to talk about a little. Remember, uh, so the the Star Trek figures that also came out in the 90s, the next generation figures they did, all of those figures were individually numbered. They had a little kind of like tampograph number on the bottom of uh, one of their feet, and it was just random numbers. And there was no set edition size. There was no, like you couldn't. And you actually, you couldn't see the number through the packaging and it was just random numbers. And I think it was like maybe even like a five or six digit number. Okay. And, you know, they were kind of creating a false collector's market that came with collectible cards. Uh, and, you know, there were, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of those things produced. There's no, I can go to a resale shop right now and probably pay about the same price I would have paid in the nineties for one of those things, like fresh off the, you know, fresh out of a carton. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's such a weird, like, it's a hobby. I don't want to say I collect action figures, you know, cause I, I buy them because I enjoy them. I have no intention of reselling them really. Yes. And it's, you know, there, there's no sport to it anymore. I would say, no. you know, no. uh, we'll, we'll get into it later. I think the, the, the sport aspect we'll, we'll touch on later in my top five figures, but uh, circling back around to Star Trek, you know, Playmates fumbled the ball on that one again. And I don't, wa- I don't want to say again, because they had that license for a long time. And then just out of the blue uh, in 2022, I think they announced they got the license back. And the it was kind of one of those like, well, who asked for this? And then the figures they unveiled, it was like, it kind of felt like to me. And again, you know, if you love these figures, great. Uh, I did a column about how they weren't for me. They just weren't, they didn't do anything for me. And they almost looked like throwback figures because they didn't appear to have evolved since the figures they did in the nineties. Maybe they had a little bit more articulation, but it was just kind of a weird throwback and they weren't very good at all. And then just out of the blue, uh, within the last couple of weeks of recording this, they announced that they said, uh, you know, they weren't selling well, we're not going to do them. We're shuttering. I think there was a, an entire line of figures they hadn't released yet for a TV show that was canceled and then picked up by Netflix. But it was just such a weird thing. Like they kind of uh, they they came out and everybody was like, OK, I've never seen anybody buy one. I've bought some of the uh, 
the accessories like the classic uh, Enterprise and the Phaser and so on and so forth. But it's just it's it's a weird like like I don't think kids are out there clamoring for Star Trek figures. And then Diamond Select had the license forever, did a lot of good things with it. And then McFarlane had the license for a hot second, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. I think they produced maybe two figures. And then yeah. quiet, quietly lost the license. And then Playmates got it back, fumbled the ball, and then we're not going to get any more Star Trek figures for probably a while. So, I mean, Playmates is, is Playmates is Playmates, right? I, that's that's their MO. They just go back to what they did in the 90s when they sold their Ninja Turtles. And if it worked in the 90s for Ninja Turtles, then they figured it would have worked for Star Trek as well. And, like, with all due respect, those star, those original Star Trek figures, okay, they were fine. I never collected them myself. I was never a huge Trekkie, but I, I would see them at, at in stores when I would go in there. And it it was never something that where I, as a, someone outside of the line, I would have never been drawn to that line based on how cool the figures were. Yeah, they weren't perfect, but it was what we had. And, <sighs> you know, we made do with it at the time. So it was kind right. of... You know, it was the only Star Trek figures that were out there since the Galoob ones from 87 at the beginning of Next Generation. And yeah, so I I figured it was it was odd to go back to those those figures, like given today's market, it it would have, I guess, myself as a consumer. and, And here's where we're just two guys that are recording a podcast right now. We don't have any marketing degrees or business degrees for anything about toys. But I don't think that we're all that far off by just saying the the current market condition would be a six to seven inch figure, relatively somewhat realistic looking, you know, or somewhat uh, a decent style to it. If you're not going to be realistic, it has to be somewhat cartoony or, or somewhat realistic cartoony mm-hmm. is what most action figures, I would say, look like today. So to go a different direction, you're already bucking the trend. And if you're not putting out something that was originally successful, I mean, let's face it, that Star Trek series died out at some point, and I didn't see anybody demanding it come back. Certainly not in the numbers that they were producing to put it out at Target stores on a a regular basis. So yeah, we, we both looked at that when they they did the pre-orders and we said that that was not going to be successful we called that right from the beginning we're not intelligent people from the marketing standpoint again but if we could see that how are people that are getting paid these thousands of dollars to make these decisions for these companies how can they not see that and you know it, it it's frustrating and to your point playmates is a company that can innovate like the new uh mutant mayhem ninja turtles figures are great Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, they're stylized and they look like, you know, the, they look like the characters from the movies. They, they're, yeah. um, but then they also go ahead and they'll do something like they did their own take on the last Ronin figure, which was, a uh, an exclusive and it was yeah. done in, it was done in the style of the original action figures. So that's, it makes sense. But then they go mm-hmm. ahead and they do something like, uh, like Star Trek and they just kind of recycle the same garbage they were making 30 years ago. I've got no problem. I, I guess I have no problem with them doing that with their own license as far as Turtles is concerned, which I, I kind of identify Playmates and Turtles as hand in hand. Uh, yeah. I, and I know that they don't own the Turtles anymore, but I mean, at one point that was their property. So I, I feel that they can kind of 
take a little bit of creative license, like you're saying, and they can interpret things the way that they want. But when you're taking a franchise like Star Trek, like you, you, nobody wants your playmates' toys for, from Star Trek anymore. Like that's not what the market is wanting. I, I could see if you you put out something in the vein of what McFarlane was going to do. And I, I don't understand, again, to your point, why McFarlane only put out like those two figures. I think it was what, uh, was it the Chris Pinekirk and the Zach Quinto Spock that they put out, I thought? I th- I think they, actually that was, that was Playmates uh, that did that. That was the Playmates one? Yeah, okay. they did uh, Michael Burnham from Discovery. And I think they either did a Picard or a Kirk. Uh, one of those may have not come out. But they they had a Discovery era phaser that uh, kept getting delayed and then it was quietly canceled. And I just don't think they knew what to do with like I, I never saw one of those uh, figures in the stores. Like I think they showed up at a couple collector stores. I had to, I went to eBay and looked it up to make sure I didn't like have a fever dream and imagine that they had the license for a minute and did nothing with it. It, it, it just it, it. As a figure photographer, I would love to have six to seven inch scale star trek figures of all the main characters nicely that i could that would shoot nicely at a 20 to 25 dollar price point i don't understand why any company hasn't put something out on the market that meets that need it yeah obviously there i why you would when you get a crack to do it again why you would decide to go in with the route of a, a 90s retro toy I just never got it. Yeah. It's like, are they marketing to the people that bought them 30 years ago and still have all the play sets and they can use those play sets still? Like what is the, it kind of feels like a a project they gave to like a junior executive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, go ahead and resurrect Star Trek, have fun with this and you'll get a nice bonus if you do it right. Here's where it would have made sense. It would have made sense if they didn't do any of like the next generation, if they didn't do any of the original stuff, if they picked up the stuff like Enterprise or uh, any of the shows that came after the Playmates line was established, mm-hmm. like do those shows in that in that style of figure and and sell those to those people who still wanted them. And then if you get success in that, maybe you can go back and do some re-releases. But like you said, why does anybody want to go back and buy the same figures? Those collectors, why would they want to go back and buy these same figures today that they still have on their shelves? It's just, I don't know. Weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, and you know, import toys will save us all because there are some really good, I think Haya toys is doing, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, Kelvin, uh, Star Trek figures. They've been, yeah. those are like at about, I think they're maybe a three and three quarter inch scale. That's right. Yeah. And th- they're, they're priced, you know, they're priced well for being an import figure. Cause I think they're coming in at about 20, 25 bucks, but yeah. they come with, come with a ton of accessories. They're really well sculpted. And I, have to admit i've been tempted by them so Hyatt toys they also they've got the gi joe license and they're putting out some better three and three Do four they? inch joes than hasbro does oh wow and and they're all it's weird because they're the classified they they have the license for classified mm-hmm. so they have to take the classified version of the six inch figures and shrink them down to three and three quarters but they're putting out better figures than hasbro <laughs> puts out at three and three quarter inch for gi joe and it's Wow. That's a little embarrassing if you ask me. <laughs> that is. And uh, just one thing I think that is uh, bears remarking upon is the 
uh, I think it was Super 7, they were going to do the big Cobra ship for the crowdfunding, which fell way, way short. Way short. Like, uh, wasn't really a good year for crowdfunding stuff. Like, you know, we got our giant man, but just barely. Uh, MST3K didn't make, made almost half of what their goal was. So they're they're not moving forward with that. But the, the Super 7 thing, like I was following that on Instagram and it was like last day to bid and they had just a drop in the bucket of, it, it was a weird choice. I, I don't like that. The, the Cobra ship that they were doing hadn't been produced before, but it was kind of like, is there a need for that? Like, I feel like they should kind of, I don't know what, what, again, we're a couple of people sitting around talking about this, but I don't know if like how much market research went into, into that decision. I, I mean, I don't have, I honestly don't have a problem with, with something like that. Uh, I mean, that's, that's obviously the, the market telling you that there's not a demand there or that your price is off. That mm-hmm. that's that's the only knowledge that can be gained out of any nope. of these Kickstarter campaigns. Well, I'm sorry, you gapped out there. Oh, I, the only knowledge you can gain by any of these Kickstarter campaigns is strictly either there's not a market for the product you're trying to sell or your price is extremely off. Yeah. So that's that's really the only thing that I've boiled out of any of these crowdfundings, the Haslabs or the Super Sevens when they've done them. Because some things that you wouldn't think would ever get funded, like to me, that Thundercats layer at mm-hmm. $600, I think it was, uh, the, the size of it, it, just unbelievably big. And it was gorgeous. We got to see it when we went to PowerCon. Yes, but, that's a good segue right there to talk about our road trip. But yeah, that thing was massive. Like, I don't think I have enough room in my house. I'd have to get rid of my bed if I wanted it. Yeah, but it funded because people obviously wanted it. But this G.I. Joe ship, I mean, look, they made the USS flag. Mm -hmm. The precedent (laughs) was there for them to make a large toy at that scale. So, I mean, if if Hasbro back in the day could have done it, I'm sure they would have done it. There's a reason they didn't. (laughs) It's just it's so strange that the the Thundercats fandom would be the one that uh rallied and stepped up whereas the gi joe fan was like nah they put out that that beacon man thundercats ho yeah right it showed up so yeah you and i took a road trip a few months back went down to uh the uh devil's land of ohio to go to PowerCon. Yeah. uh when you asked if i wanted to go i was like as long as i don't have to drive i'm i'm up for it and it was pretty enjoyable it was uh you said it was larger than the year before it was uh, yeah but like it was still, you know, pretty small, like in terms mm-hmm. of uh, most conventions I've been to, like I, you know, made a couple of circuits of the show floor and I was like, I think I'm like, I've seen everything I need to see. But uh, I think they may be getting larger next year again. But there were a lot of vendors there, which I thought was cool. And I got to talk to uh, Dan Larson from Secret Galaxy, which was also cool. And uh, you got to wait in line for some exclusives, which you were happy about, right? Oh, thrilled, thrilled to wait in line. But no, uh, this year they're actually not having PowerCon. They're really? skipping this year and they're waiting. They're going to come back apparently in uh, 25. No shit. From what I understand. Okay. I don't know. Uh, but I hope that they do come back. And I hope that they are, are a little bit bigger. When's the last time that you've gone to Motor City? Have you gone to a Motor City in recent years at all? I haven't gone since I wasn't able to get in for free. I, I gotcha. kind of I kind of burned that bridge. I think it was 2014 well, 
when I went. Because okay. I know for a fact they listened to the the show that I was doing and they heard me laughing uproariously about bilking them out of uh, press passes and they did not take kindly to that. Well, I, I would definitely be more than willing to attend Motor City Comic Con for a press pass. So if you all want to send <laughs> one my way, I, I'll be uh, I'll be happy to review your, your convention for you. But uh, I, I felt that Motor City was actually a little bit bigger than than PowerCon. Okay. So from in terms of scale, uh, I appreciate the quaintness of it. Yeah. I also appreciate the very niche market of it. I felt that the the prices were reasonable. I, I didn't think that anybody was really too egregious with some of their prices. I obviously didn't buy a whole lot of stuff aside from the four horsemen stuff that I was there for to begin with. Um, but it, it's not because of, uh, I was upset with any of uh, the vendors trying to, to make a buck by any means. I thought that everything was pretty reasonable. A lot of good people having good times. Uh, looked like a lot of people buying a lot of stuff. Yeah, like Arlen was just throwing away toys giving toys out yeah that was insanity and you know again like like what you were saying i think the secondary market really knows what's up like they 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 have their stuff priced unless it's like a super rare you know like one of the droids figures that was only released in brazil um uh you know the prices are reasonable i saw a lot of stuff there that like you know a number of years ago was going for double or triple what they had the sticker on i kind of felt like damn maybe and Uh, McFarlane, you know, probably a good time to talk about them. They had, they had a booth there and yes. you could walk up, just get in line and they would, they would give you a ticket. And if, uh, well, you know, wait, let, let's set it up a little bit before, because okay. when we were walking around the floor, yeah. we saw a lot of people with McFarlane toy stuff. We're like, yeah. We're like, what's like, going on? Why, why does everybody have McFarlane toys? It's weird. And then we, we kind of walked by and we saw that the, there was somewhat of a, a game involved and we yeah. still weren't quite sure, but it turns out that the game was in fact. Yeah. It was like, uh, you got a ticket and they pulled a number and then you were able to pick from uh, a prize pile or yes. something. Um, I personally got, uh, a Dwayne, the rock Johnson, black Adam wall relief type thing. Oh, uh, a spawn something or other figure and a Batman beyond page puncher. Absolutely. Did you, did you walk away with anything? You got something, right? I I think we got the exact same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And they had, they also had some like uh, quote unquote nicer stuff there. They had some, you know, McFarland uh, DC universe figures. They had some uh, DC direct statues. They had some, uh, a lot of avatar stuff. Yes. A lot of avatar stuff. And, you know, we happened to walk by like the backstage area and they just had pallets of this stuff. Pallets. It was, they, it was bizarre. Yeah. That they were just literally giving away. That's why we were seeing people walking around with it. And, uh, yeah, I was like, well, you know, there are three categories of things in life, good, bad, and free. So I'm like, if they're giving it away, who am I to say no? And yeah, I did make my annual contribution to toys for tots and that's where that stuff wound up. So, yeah. Hopefully some kid will be happy with the Batman Beyond Page Puncher and some kid will find that uh, spawn, whatever it is, cool. So. I, I just, I really want to live in the world where, uh, you remember how like back in the, the 80s, everybody would have like a certain picture 
in their house just and randomly nobody ever remembered how they got this picture but mm-hmm. you'd go to your friend's house and like oh you guys have that picture too or did they like the Dwayne the Rock Johnson Black Adam relief is up on people's <laughs> walls just oh you've got the rock also or it's it's some bizarre dystopian future in which like that's now the president or the person that they perceive to be Jesus Christ is the <laughs> rock <laughs> that'd be awesome nobody knows where it came from cuz nobody saw the yes. movie yes <laughs> so. But yeah, um, McFarlane, they're still out there doing what they do. I've uh, transitioned away from actively caring about their DC figures. I'm really tired of uh, the McFarlane diaper that all their figures seem to be wearing, which is that weird soft plastic thing that covers the joints. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just bored with what they're doing. Like it's uh, they they keep trying to do a Superman figure and they keep almost getting there. Here's here's what I think is going to be happening shortly. I think you're going to see those go to NECA. I think really? because because NECA has that Toonie Terrors license, and mm-hmm. now they've got a they're doing DC in that Toonie Terrors line. That means that that DC franchise is available for figures. If they put those out in an Ultimates line, you give me an Ultimates Christopher Reeve Superman. Forget about it. Yeah, NECA does do a lot of good stuff. And I think that uh, if they were to do like an Ultimates DC line, I think they would do it well. And uh, they would do it extremely well. Yeah. And it's, it's just strange. Like the only thing I, I can give McFarlane is the, I, I got to give it to him for volume. Like they are constantly cranking out new figures. Like I just, uh, I've talked to, I talked about it last year. I have an image of some designer that's just like shackled to a, uh, you know, computer drafting table and they're just uh, digitally sculpting figures and they're blasting them out to, uh, you know, the uh, production facility in Vietnam that's putting these things together. And they're, it's like, they're, they're turning around these figures so insanely quick. I, I honestly don't know how they're doing it or how they're making any money on this. Artificial intelligence. It, it's so strange because uh, you're just kind of now starting to see the figures at the, the discount places. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I think they've, I think their production is, uh, the supply is meeting the demand. Mostly. I, I, I will say at retail, McFarlane has got better as far as I don't see as many figures on pegs that hit clearance at retail. Yeah. I know for sure that they definitely end up online on, on clearance bins, but they're not the stores are starting to get their numbers right as far as what they're ordering and what they need to clearance out. Mm-hmm. So to McFarland's credit, that part of the business is starting to adjust, but now they're coming in with different SKUs and different price points for now. Oh, we've been selling you the multiverse figures all this time, but now here's like the premium multiverse edition. And it just goes to like the whole consumerism aspect of everything. It's like, we're just repackaging and buying the same thing over and over and over. And once you start recognizing that that's what you're doing, you might as well get one good version of the character that you want and the outfit that you want and be done with it. And that's where I'm going to go to whatever the best version of that figure is, whichever company makes it. And hopefully they're within all the same scale. But if I could get one company that could do that across the board, I'd be happy. That's all I need. I mean, big ask. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm asking to be marketed to this way, please. Yeah. If you could do that, here's my money. 
I feel like McFarlane is taking back their own overstock and just going, just jokerize it. Just go ahead and put the Joker paint on it, uh, even if it has no reason to be like that, and uh, drop it back on the shelf. Hey, somebody's buying that stuff, man. I, I would love to meet him. I have so many questions. I'm, I'm just saying. There's, there's like either that or it's in the same place that those ET Atari cartridges ended up in. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on in a landfill in the desert. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about figure purchases of the year. If you want to start off with, uh, just go, uh, five to one, I guess, if you want to oh, run geez. it down that way, what's, what well, stands I even, out to you? I didn't even put together a list. So I'll just like say, I'll tell you the things that I've enjoyed buying cool. this year. I've enjoyed buying uh, Mythic Legions, Cosmic Legions, and figure Obscura figures, all from uh, Four Horsemen Studios. I find the quality of those products to all be exceptional. Um, I've, I have yet to buy a figure from them that I haven't opened up and just been blown away or spent, you know, dozens of minutes just poring over every little detail of the the clothing or the sculpts or that you just get caught up in this world and i think that that's also something that's cool about the characters because there's not really uh an ip out there they've got some stories to it but uh i, I mean basically you can get just kind of let your imagination run wild with whatever you want these characters or figures to be doing so yeah and, and that's cool like and you know yeah i've they look, they're immaculately sculpted and I've seen all your photos with them and they just look amazing. And I'm, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, I'm worried. I'm, I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me and I don't need to start collecting another line like that. So I'm telling you, man, I, I, I was scared getting into it, but I have not found any reason to not be like, okay, I get it because mm -hmm. at every point from their customer service to the way they treat people at conventions, like you said, I was standing in line for a very long time to get figures. Never once did I get the impression that people were miserable standing in that line. Everybody getting through that line got through with a smile. They were happy. The people that were standing in that line uh, were handed T-shirts just for being fans of the company. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they take care of their people. Anytime I've had a problem with a product, I've emailed them and they've taken care of me. Okay. So those are all things the figures definitely have a premium price point i get it i'm not thrilled with having to pay it but i'm glad to pay it because i feel i get the return on my investment yeah um, the pro the product backs it up exactly exactly and, the, the and they're collectible yes at the secondary market on those figures for some of the more rare and collectible ones i i can easily get my money back that i put into it uh, without much effort so I, it's a line i'm happy to collect there you go um another one uh, i mentioned earlier the neca the ultimate neca is just neca has had a lot of problems in the past i know we've been talking about it for years that people always kind of shit on neca and i never really saw it or i was late to the party and there was a point in time where neca had some serious quality issues i had one or two products early on that I could see had some issues, but I've never had any more issues with NECA products. Another quality product, it always is their attention to detail. Um, it's fans of action figures making action figures for action figure fans. 
mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. Um, those guys just have everything figured out. Um, yeah. it, it's just really, really good. We, I, I looked at their booth there at PowerCon and saw all the things coming out. And if you would have told me, just given me a product listing and told me, oh, do you want to buy this? I'd have probably said no. But then they put it in front of you. <laughs> in a showcase like that it's like god damn it you guys got me again because i really didn't want a creature from the black lagoon leonardo teenage mutant ninja turtle figure but here how we can are. i not have it yes <laughs> excellent um so real quick i just uh rolled i wrote down everything that i bought this year which was it was a short list but it was longer than i thought you know? yeah so uh, just running them down five to one, uh, coming in at number five, I have my SH fig arts, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Hello. So- solid figure. Um, the face on it, uh, they, they, uh, fig arts is kind of transitioned to the, uh, printing the faces on their figures mm-hmm. and it doesn't always, it doesn't always work. This one, the one I got is good. It's right on the line though. If somebody yeah. was offering to repaint it or, if they were offering like a, an alternate custom head, I would consider buying one, but it's nice having that figure from the Disney plus Kenobi series. It's so kind of, if I was to do like a chronological uh, display on my shelf, I have that, they have that one checked off. Let me ask you something about that because I, it's something interesting because I know that fig arts has a tendency to do re-releases of the same figures. Mm-hmm. Um, do they do re-releases in which if the facial the facial printing technology has improved, have they gone back and improved the facial print or do you just always get the same facial print? I think it's a strict one-to-one because they used to paint yeah. them and uh, they just re-released the episode three Anakin Skywalker. And I haven't had a chance to take a uh, up close look at the one and compare to see if they actually printed it or if it was painted. But I kind of feel like uh, the older ones are still painted in some facility i don't know i don't know if there's any differentiation in quality yeah so uh four is a blanket uh four for the mafex figures uh got a lot of them this year kind of surprising uh got a standard spider-man a scarlet spider uh hush nightwing uh superman from the hush line and just before we recorded i got my jim lee batman uh from hush which is Fantastic figure. Uh, I, I the only reason I didn't give it its own spot on the list is because the the cape on the thing is ridiculous. It's so voluminous. Like if okay. uh, if there was somebody out there selling a more reasonable sized cape that I could swap out, I would consider doing so because there's just, oh I'm sure there's there. so much of it. It's uh, it's ridiculous. It's but it's uh, it's a nice kind of uh, definitive take on the character, and I was. I'd- yeah, I, I was glad yeah, I was the able to pictures get one. you sh- the pictures you sent me of it. It yes, it, that's going to be very very high on my list of. Uh, I, I don't buy a whole lot of Batman figures, but that would definitely be one where I could buy that and not have to worry about buying another for a very long time because I'd be happy with it. Yeah, it was so nice that I canceled my pre order for the, uh, the Nightfall Batman, and I'm just gonna, there you go going to kind of wait on that one see if the price drops at all, but. Uh, and Mayfix is a great line too. Again, yeah, they're you're probably picking those up for if I had to venture a guess somewhere in the sixty to eighty dollar price range. If they if they drop in price, then yeah. But generally, okay. they've they're kind of hovering around the ninety to hundred dollar range. Okay. Uh, I was lucky on the Batman one that when they when Big Bad Toy Store put it up, 
I got in as soon as the link went live and I got it for 79. And then an hour later, I was seeing people that were getting it for a higher price, but they, they locked in my price because I got it before the site crashed and before somebody corrected the price. And I wasn't, wasn't angry about that. Let's see. I I guess I look at it like that's a a good quality product that they're putting out. If you're willing to pay that much money for it compared to whatever the alternative is that McFarland's putting out at at 20 to $25, maybe 30 for their now premium scale Mm -hmm. or premium offer products. Like, yeah, just spend the extra money and get a product that you're going to be really happy with. Yeah. And I was, I was late to the Mafex party because, uh, their quality was a huge issue for a long time. And then I mm. took a, took a, you know, Spider-Man figure a couple of years ago and I uh, picked one of those up and I've had no issues with the quality on those at all. So nice. I'm kind of a convert. So I guess you could say, yeah. uh, coming at number three, the SH fig arts, Spider-Man from uh Spider-Man, no way home. The, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's came out this year. Uh, yep. both, both are fantastic definitive versions of those characters. Uh, wasn't mad that they, I, I didn't get the Andrew Garfield head with the, uh, the figure because something about the licensing fell through and they, they dropped the price on it and it just mm-hmm. comes with a standard masked head. Maybe they'll fix it later and re-release it. I don't really care that much. I don't, uh, display my figures in any kind of like unmasked state. So those are never going, uh, those the the alternate has never come out of the box but they are uh so well sculpted like i don't know how they're going to stack up against the mafex version of those figures but i don't i don't much care i'm I'm good with what i have there you go uh number two uh something i was talking i've been talking about for years was booberry from uh is it jacks that that does those uh no not jacks it's uh jada jada Jada. i knew it was a j uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, I think you were probably similarly taken aback by the size of the figure. Like it's, uh, I, was, yeah. I, I was expecting it to be in scale with, and it is in scale, which is mind blowing, but the, uh, the box is about a quarter of the size of the other two boxes. So yeah, if, if you're displaying them all together, it's kind of weird. It's like the little single serving breakfast yes. size <laughs> cereal boxes. But uh, looking on the side of the box, uh, it does say the figure is in scale. So canonically, uh, Frankenberry, Count Chocula, and Booberry all have heights that have been established somewhere, which is... Somewhere. Yeah, which is mind-blowing. And then uh, number one, and you had a hand in this, was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mirage 4-pack that was released. Oh, yeah. Literally a uh, figure set that I've been dreaming about for probably like 35 years or something like that. Uh, they were done in the style of the artwork from the Return to New York storyline, and they are just like amazing. And it was, I was, I had real concerns about being able to get my hands on that since, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And I wrote a column about it, and you found it within two days of the column publishing and picked one up yeah. for me. Uh, I did later down the line find some on the pegs at Target because they were they were timed exclusives with Target, and. Yep. I was, I was happy that I was able to actually see them on the shelf. I didn't buy a second one cause I don't need it. But, uh, and I think they, uh, around, uh, cyber Monday, they released them on the NECA site for people that weren't able to pick them up initially, but it's just, they're done. They look like they came right, they came right off the page and it's the classic Mirage, uh, Michael, I think Michael Lawson is the artist that drew that 
like those style turtles. So many accessories, just amazing stuff. Yeah, they're really good. It pulled me into that entire line, and I, <laughs> I I went down a rabbit hole I wasn't planning on, but it was I'm I'm happy I did. Now I'm I uh, I just recently picked up the last Ronin, and I'm starting to read that, and I'm hoping I'm not going to find myself pulled into buying more last Ronin figures. So. so Here's the deal. Those figures are cool. Like they're they're doing a staggered release of the four turtles. Like I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not going to spoil anything through for anybody who hasn't seen it. But they're doing uh, the three turtles that didn't make it to the end, and they all have their own outfits. Which I don't know where you stand on the the turtles wearing clothes, but something about it does. Like I just, it's even weirder to think that I'm more okay with them wearing like belts and knee pads and elbow pads and bandanas mm-hmm. instead of full outfits. That I don't yeah. know you know it was how i was raised like i just don't know what the disconnect is or not my turtles yeah it's it's so weird and like i almost feel like that's a like a nickelodeon thing because uh in like the i think it was the rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtle series they're all wearing like bicycle shorts under their shells which kind of implies they have something to cover up which just Mm -hmm. as the kids say it gives me the ick i don't care to think about like why are you making me think about it? Like I was fine with them just having shells and, but now they've got little underpants on under their shells. And I don't know. Come on, Eric, you know, we've been talking about this, this entire episode, somebody in a boardroom says, well, we're, why can't you see the penis? Yeah. And then somebody <laughs> will put it, put spandex on them. Cover, cover that it, thing up. Cover your shame. That's exactly right. But they're incepting the idea of, uh, you know, turtle genitalia into my head. It's, it's their fault. Not mine. I'm not weird. Yeah. Yeah, but in the words of my therapist i think that's our time uh all right do you have anything else anything else you want to get out uh before the uh calendar flips over and it's now 2024 what are you looking forward to in 2024 oh man 2024 i'm looking forward to continuing to write continuing to take pictures continuing to create art uh looking forward i just wrapped up a big instagram 365 project where i'm trying to teach myself to improve my photography skills so hopefully uh, i'm getting there making progress with that so looking forward to my next journey which i think i'm going to be looking into getting into like 3d modeling so a lot of things on the horizon for me that i'm looking forward to and continuing to work towards in the figure space so and where uh, can people find you on instagram uh you can find me at captain america that's the number Uh, 10 the number 10 and you can uh, catch catch me as always over on biff bam pop yes catch us both on biffbampop.com for figure friday and uh, as far as for me, I don't know what I'm looking forward to in 2024. I'm, I'm looking forward to not, not paying full price for Chris, or I'll tell you that much. Tell Absolutely. You that, tell you that for he, He's starting to hit in Europe. He looks pretty good. Is he? Okay. That's he uh, that's interesting. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to chill on that one. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait it out. And um, I think I'll pay $10 for it. That's what I'm, uh, that's my, that's my uh, line. That's, I think that uh i think that that's reasonable ask i think that chris star will inevitably be showing up in a lot of ollies yeah in probably march time frame i mean you know cursed for cursed by our own hubris i'm sure it's going to be like they're going to start like short packing those figures now and it's just son of a bitch so yeah anyways that's been uh figure friday your interview 2023 josh thank you for sitting in thank you for having me eric and we will see you out there